from the banks of the Yiga River to the mountains of Beauchene, beside homestead hearths, around travelers' campfires, on the streets of cities great and small, her stories are told. Destroyer of demons, swindler of spirits, former prefect of the celestial city, 10,000 voices telling 10,000 tales. Hear them now as they tell the tales of Frost Cricket. The three true loves of Frost Cricket. Third love, the sea hermit, part two. Let it be known that this story is approved by the censors of the earthly bureaucracy for the edification of the people of Yengola. I was told that once, when the land was young and the lawgivers walked with man, Frost Cricket, humble prefect of the 8th district of the Celestial City, was visited by a divine oracle of Yonkoga, who prophesied of romance. You will find true love three times in your life, stately prefect. Once here in the Celestial City, twice on a bloody battlefield, thrice on the banks of the endless sea. Only one of them will truly love you in return. Which one, I cannot say. It is possible you will someday meet a fourth and final love. If you do, woe to us all, for it will be a sign of the end of this world. Frost Cricket's first true love was the law. And like many first loves, it did not last forever. Eventually, she moved on, and the law carried on without her. Despite the changing times and the lawgiver's disappearance, the law is always with us. Her second love was the warrior Cade, who needs no title. Frost Cricket and Cade loved each other deeply and spent many years sharing their love. But warriors are known to die in battle and Cade was no exception. Frost Cricket, struck with grief, followed Cade into the underworld, but could not bring her back from death. One thousand years later, she washed up on the shores of the Endless Sea, to a world without the Celestial City, and without Cade. Her third love was a sea hermit, who did not love Frost Cricket in return. Despite caring for her, as she recovered from her thousand-year journey. It was then that Frost Cricket, knowing she had lost every connection to her old life, decided to walk into the sea and let death claim her, where she could join her friends and her beloved. But fate would not let Frost Cricket die. As the waves washed over her, dragging her to the breathless depths, strong arms clasped her, and the hermit dragged her back to shore, kicking and screaming. Are you okay? The hermit asked, an extremely poor choice of words. Uh, are you okay? Mocked Frost Cricket. Of course I'm not okay. Everything I built, everything I fought for, everyone I loved, they're all gone. There's nothing left for me. Frost Cricket wept. <laughs> the hermit said nothing but wrapped their arms around Frost Cricket in comfort. Then they carried her back to the hut 
put her to bed, and made more stew. Frost Cricket did not eat, nor did she sleep much that night, for the hermit was struck again by their illness, the worst Frost Cricket had ever seen. As the hermit paced and muttered, Frost Cricket felt a twinge of guilt. Was she the cause of this attack? She quietly ate her stew to make up for it, even though it was cold and tasted awful. The next morning, the hermit woke Frost Cricket. Again, there was no talk of the night before. The hermit pulled Frost Cricket out of bed and brought her outside. This is dumb. I don't want to walk. Just leave me in bed. Frost Cricket's legs shook as she held on to the hermit. See, I can't walk. Just put me back in bed. But the hermit nudged her forward. We're going to that signpost. They pointed up the beach, past where the sand mixed with scraggles of grass and shrub. Frost Cricket saw there was a signpost, but it was too far away to read. That's pretty far. Okay. The hermit trundled Frost Cricket up the sloping beach toward the signpost. She complained with every step, but she walked three spear throws and soon found herself standing next to the signpost. I did it! Frost Cricket exclaimed. Then her knees buckled, and she fell onto her butt. She and the Ah. hermit both laughed. (laughs) Then she looked up at the signpost. It read, The Great Road, Three Leagues, and pointed north. The Great Road still exists? Frost Cricket realized how excited she sounded. I mean, that's good. Folks always need roads. (laughs) Whatever. The hermit smiled, lifted Frost Cricket, and carried her back to the hut. That night, Frost Cricket ate two bowls of stew. Her stomach hurt but her face had an enormous smile. And as she slept, she dreamt of walking the great road. The next morning, the hermit woke Frost Cricket, pulled her out of bed, and brought her outside. Ugh, this again? Maybe I should just take a day off. Frost Cricket's legs still shook, but less than the first time. They carried her to the signpost easily. Okay, cool. We did it. Same as yesterday. Time to go... Hey, wait! The hermit pushed her forward. Frost Cricket complained with every step, but she walked three leagues, putting one foot in front of the other, and found herself standing at a junction in the Great Road. I did it! Frost Cricket exclaimed. Then her knees buckled, and she fell on her butt. (laughs) She and the hermit both laughed. Frost Cricket looked to the west and saw in the distance the walls of a great city. Walls made from the same stone as the celestial city. What city is that? It's called Yangola. Do you want to see it? Frost Cricket felt her legs twinge and rolled her eyes. I mean, I'm sure it's cool, but it's no celestial city. The hermit smiled lifted Frost Cricket, and carried her back to the hut. That night, Frost Cricket ate three bowls of stew. Her stomach hurt, but her face had an enormous smile. And as she slept, 
she dreamt of the high walls of Yengola and what might be inside them. The next morning, the hermit found Frost Cricket already awake and ready to go. I just couldn't sleep anymore, so we might as well get this over with. Frost Cricket's legs no longer shook as she walked, and she barely needed the hermit's support. They reached the great road quickly and traveled along it with ease. All right, that's far enough. We can get to this Yangugudi or whatever tomorrow. Okay, fine. Once the hermit urged her forward, Frost Cricket walked three crow flights, putting one foot in front of the other, and found herself standing at the southern gate of Yangola. We did it! Frost Cricket turned to celebrate with the hermit, but they had already started walking back down the great road. They waved at Frost Cricket, smiling, and she did the same. She was sad to see her love go, but she knew it was time to part. Greetings, champion. Ah! A new voice startled Frost Cricket. She turned to see none other than an oracle of Yon Koga standing at the gate. Don't scare me like that! Frost Cricket's annoyance vanished when she recognized the veils and jewels of an augur priest. Wait a sec, you're one of those prophecy guys. Long have I waited for this day. The oracle smiled and motioned to the gate. Please allow me to show you the city of Yengola. Sure, but remember, I lived in the celestial city, so I'm not easily impressed. And with that, Frost Cricket went into Yengola, great city of the inheritors. City of the highest judge. The great arbiter, Harganassus I. Its walls unbreached, even by the armies of Inabaz Amur. City of the priest royals, inheritors of the ancient and immutable law. City of plazas, city of spires and arches, city of twin temples. Our lives are enriched by it, and thus we would give them to defend it from those who would destroy it within or without, from those who would turn its purpose to blasphemy, from those who would see it brought low. May Yengola shine the light of justice and order forever. As Frost Cricket walked the streets of Yengola with the Augur Priest, she saw the wonders it contained. She shivered with piety, as she passed under the shadow of the twin temples. That's pretty cool. But you know, we had a whole bunch more temples in the Celestial City. Pretty much one for every god. She was overwhelmed by the sights, sounds, and delicious scents of the five market plazas. Yeah, it's fine. But in the great stone plaza of the Celestial City, the merchants were way better at haggling. She gazed up at each of the twelve clerking spires, one for each district. Our spires were taller than these ones, but you do have two more than us. As she passed the twelfth spire, a bell rang, and bureaucrats, dressed in their uniforms and carrying their brass rods of office, spilled out into the street, and Frost Cricket's heart sang with joy. This is incredible. 
Uh, you know, for an earthly city. In truth, Frost Cricket could barely contain her wonder. The Augur Priest smiled again. There is one more thing you must see, O former Prefect. The Augur Priest brought Frost Cricket to the High Plaza, atop the highest hill of Yengola, where she beheld in all their glory the statues of the five champions of the Celestial City. Fireforged Amicio, born from the molten earth beneath us. Cade, who needs no title. Slender Oak, who wielded the law as his weapon. Primus Manyface, who convinced the moon to devour her sisters. And of course, Frost Cricket, former prefect of the 8th district of the Celestial City. Frost Cricket's eyes welled with tears, and she turned to the oracle. Okay, so before, I was kind of being a jerk, but I'm going to try to be sincere here. The Celestial City isn't gone. Not really. It's here with Yengola, and it will be as long as the walls stand true. Frost Cricket and the Oracle wept tears of joy and embraced. The law is here in Yengola and other cities as well. But there are darker corners of the world, places where the old kind have nested, and they need the law to return. Will you bring it to them? Frost Cricket dried her eyes, lifted her brass rod, and asked, Does a vulture crap on the corpses it eats? The next day, Frost Cricket left Yangola to wander the world once more, to bring the law where it was needed the most. And she was guided by the beacon of justice and order, the city of Yengola. Frost Cricket was played by Megan Russell. To see more from her, check out her Twitter at Megan N. Russell. The Sea Hermit was played by Doug Vandalay. To see more from him, follow at Doug Vandalay on Twitter. The Oracle of Yengola was voiced by Daniel Chai. To learn more about him, check him out on Twitter and Instagram at I am Daniel Chai. Tales of Frost Cricket is written, narrated, and produced by Joseph Stilwell and edited by Wes Walcott. Our cover art was drawn by Matthew K. Hoddy. To see more from him, check out patreon.com slash mkhoddy. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Or follow us on Twitter at Frost Cricket. Joe and Wes would love to collaborate with other creators on Tales of Frost Cricket. If you're interested email animisticengine at gmail.com. You can support the show financially by becoming a patron of the Cave Goblin Network. Visit patreon.com slash cavegoblins and sign up today. Your monthly support goes directly into creating more Frost Cricket, including exclusive bonus content for backers. Or if you want to make a one-time donation, visit ko-fi.com slash animisticengine. Thank you for listening. Everyone is Jonas is a live-streamed, competitive role-playing podcast hosted by me, Doug Vandalay. Me, Eric Ivanovich. And me, Talia Murdoch. On twitch.tv forward slash cavegoblins every Monday at 7.30pm PST. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.